0: I remember the sports psychologist told me that Look, there's no such thing as failure Only feedback Mm. If you're not hitting your target Means something is off somewhere And you just work on something is off somewhere, right? Mm. If anything, you've known one reason why What not to do, right? So,
1: Hello beautiful one And welcome back to the Good Life Podcast With me, Noor
2: And me, Mizi Wahid
1: Thank you so much for joining us in another episode. Thank you so much for taking your beautiful time in, you know, learning and growing with us and going on this beautiful journey of self-discovery. And
2: we hope in the journey of self-discovery you're enjoying our episodes that are about your career, career growth, upskilling and learning more about what you can do to ensure that you remain relevant to today's and the future's economy, inshallah. All right. So Today's episode is brought to you by Workforce Singapore (WSG). Workforce Singapore is a statutory board under the Ministry of Manpower. It helps individuals meet their career aspirations and secure quality jobs. It strengthens inclusiveness of workforce in the face of change. To find out more, visit www.wsg.gov.sg or you may call their hotline at six double eight three five double eight five.
1: Yeah so thank you so much work for Singapore for sponsoring this episode. So today's episode, you know, it's all about exploring the the topic of being future ready, you know, and preparing ourselves for the future economy. Mm-hmm. And we have a special guest, you know, that we have on the show today. We're so excited to have him. Mm-hmm. So a brief introduction of who he is and what he does. He is a go-getter by nature and an inquisitive creator at heart. You know, he is someone who has the ability to straddle effortlessly between business development and product management roles while taking joy in assembling teams of designers and developers to craft beautiful products around unique problems. So, he previously ran a mobile development studio in Singapore and Malaysia that, you know, craft out digital products for enterprise clients ranging from From you know banking and utility apps to e-commerce and gaming apps. So in those years, he covered both business development and product management roles. So currently he is developing his next social impact venture, woohoo, you -hmm. know, which is to modernize street food vendors Mm. in order to help them stay relevant in the urban landscape and fabric of society and exciting stuff i know mm. so much happening stuff going on for this guest and he is none other than sharif welcome so much sharif
0: <laughs> hey everyone thanks for having me here uh <laughs> exciting times so yeah looking it's, forward. it's really to nice to see him again Genevieve. it's been a while yeah. since we caught up um
2: i'm trying to recall which year we first met i'm gonna guess 2014 I'm trying to recall how though, but <laughs> 2014.
0: <laughs> so I think the first time I recall vividly when mm-hmm. we met was uh, was at Alphala Mosque and someone sat right next to me in the mosque mm-hmm. and he was fiddling with his iPad, right? Okay. I'm like... What is this guy doing in the mosque? He <laughs> right? was like taking down some notes and all that sort of stuff. And then shortly later, um, the chap next to me stood up and went to the podium and started giving a charama <laughs> <like>, oh, <laughs> oh So, so that's when you first met, huh? Yes, when first ah, all okay. thats when I first met you. And then, you know, um, yeah.
2: I remember like some of these things that you were working on. We we did, um, you know, had a couple of conversations about them. Yeah, but we'll get to that later. inshallah. Sure. Uh, but I also had the honour of solemnising you. So, yes. that was nice. Wow, yes. How many that might
1: years be amazing.
0: Back? Oh boy, do you, really you can't forget your <laughs>
2: anniversary, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is recorded, man. I'm going to pass this to your wife. Uh, uh, you can't yeah. it's, it's being put on the spot. Was it 2018? <laughs> uh,
0: that's, yeah, three, three, three years ago. 2018, yeah. nice. Right, right, right. Wow. Right. Right. So right, three <laughs> years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's a right at the ag- no, <laughs> the sentence. <laughs> Well,
2: <laughs> he, he may not sound very convincing there, but he's usually very convincing in his speeches when he's presenting his uh, slide decks. So, so Sharif, maybe for a start, let us know what are you currently busy with?
0: Um, yeah, so, you know, sometimes I do wake up in the morning and ask myself, what am I doing in my life, right? Because, um, you know, when you're running your own venture, um, there's really next to no fallback, right? It's you, yourself, and your team, and your talented folks that you're working with braving up against the, the world. Uh, so at the present moment, um, I kind of lost track which venture, which number of venture is this. Uh, but at the present moment, basically I'm uh, spearheading a venture called Outpost, mm-hmm. uh, whose mission is to modernize street food vendors. Um, so I come from a background where my both my grandparents and my parents um, used to run food businesses. Um, I grew up basically at coffee shops mm-hmm. or in Shop houses, you know, food factories, uh, and I would play with the cats there. Right, I would <laughs> herd cats at, at coffee shops. Um, so I've had first hand experience looking at at, at how um, you know people try and grow their food business, micro food businesses. Mm. We knew our friends and neighbors on the side who also started food businesses to earn extra income. Uh, but today has become increasingly challenging because mm. supposedly you got to have a restaurant, and while restaurants are seemingly desirable. They're expensive though. Legitimate, but mm. yeah, they're a really expensive exercise, right? It mm. In Singapore's context, you got to have at least a dollars $200,000 to get a restaurant going. Um, but on the flip side of this, if you go to some of the uh, emerging markets, um, developing uh, cities, you still see the culture of street food vendors mm. being very much prevalent, yep. right? Um, if you go to places like Thailand, you know, Bangkok, Jakarta, uh, other parts of Indonesia, so on, you would see hundreds of p- street food push cuts, uh, Uh, around you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They might not be a legitimate setup, they're an informal economy, (laughs) but it's certainly a viable way for one to derive income for oneself right True. it's basically fending off um, uh, on, on, on and your it oven. also
2: serves a, a, a market that actually wants that kind yep. of food yeah. B- yeah based on affordability and everything else absolutely mm. so they're
0: like a microcosm of um, vendors serving the local community so there's yeah. a lo- local community micro community built around the local community mm. around these vendors uh, so in my many years traveling to um, all these emerging markets um, I see that there's an opportunity there mm-hmm. um, to to help them do things in a much more more proper, structured, formal way, but hopefully still without losing their soul of being an independent street food vendor. Um, so in the many years of the various ad- adventures, not just ventures, but adventures I've, I've, I've <laughs> worked on, uh, basically I'm just connecting the dots back work backwards and seeing if there's a way we could solution for these folks to better coexist within the community and do what they do better. Right. Yeah. Mm,
2: cool. So, you're a founding member of several startups. You said you lof- you've lost count. So, I'm going to try to mention a couple. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> DG Tracks, yep. Jalila, T Daily, and LifeStack. And I think LifeStack was the one where I, I think we had a couple of conversations on. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, so, we know that it's not easy setting up a company. Um, where do you find the courage? Where do you find the motivation, you know, to to do all of these things?
0: I think if I can go back a bit before even myself, like looking at my parents or the folks that i know um you know when i was growing up i think necessity is the mother of invention right mm. uh, so in some cases you know you become a entrepreneur or a problem solver by choice but in other cases you know it's because of circumstance right um so in my case you know i I've, i'm a bit of an inquisitive nature sort of person like if i see it as a problem it's it, and especially if there's a social component to it that deserves justice, I would want to get involved in it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it just becomes like a natural thing that I, I, I um, you know, lean towards. Um, the courage bit is sometimes you don't think about it, you just work on it <laughs> and you try and solve the problem. Before you know it, you're like knee deep in it, right? And <laughs> you just get along with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never really thought about it as it being like a courageous thing to do. We just did, did it and, and get along with it. Um, but I can understand sometimes, you know, when folks, once uh, you have, um, say, a comfortable job, right, or a decent income from an employment uh, opportunity, um, having tasted that myself for, for, for a while while I was at um, City Ventures. So yeah. That's another thing in the, in okay. the list. That Sorry, you, you missed out. out. <laughs> 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 uh, right. So basically, I was in the venture innovation arm um, uh, of a, of a uh, financial institution. And and I experienced firsthand what it's like to be a proper proper um, uh, employee, right? Mm. Uh, And all the perks uh, and the comfort creatures that comes with it. You know, Mm. it it can be a bit. One can be um, basically anchored to it, right? So I can understand why, you know, it might be a bit difficult to just jump ship and and try to build something new. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's exactly what I tried to do within the organization, right? My role was to help uh, folks who's been in the same organization or the banking industry for the past 10, 15, 20 years Mm -hmm. to try and look at um, problem statements and Mm -hmm. try and um, build solutions around them, right? Mm -hmm. Basically being intrapreneurs rather than entrepreneurs per se. Um, so, So, yeah. Uh, it's not that easy once you you found something comfortable to stay on, um, but if if you find a a problem that is more of a mission that is worthwhile solving that you really relate to, then I think it becomes a natural calling um, for you to go ahead and try and solve it. Interesting.
1: Mm. Well, you know, going through all these uh different experiences, working you know for someone and then you know setting up you know your own business, and you you talked about. Um, being able to connect with you know that purpose with calling, if you could summarize your purpose, your calling in life, wh- what do you think that would be?
0: Well, summarize <laughs> summary isn't really one of my strengths. Um, <laughs> that could be an hour long uh, response altogether, but um, I'll try to. I mean, if you mentioned a list of ventures that I've started mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in, in the past, right? So Digitracks is basically trying to build a legal version of Napster. So I was playing, mm. I was starting to play in a band and then I'm like, if we're distributing songs for free online, who's going to pay for our music, right? So mm-hmm. let's try and solve this. So essentially, we tried building a legal version of Napster, i.e. like what you have right now, Spotify, with mm. recommendation engines and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was a mission to actually help fellow uh, artists, right? Not that I would have a career being an artist anyway. I mean, I can hardly sing, um, let alone play the guitar properly. But the point is, you know, there was this greater calling of we could empathize with other folks who might be facing the same problem. So, mm-hmm. so that was Digi Digi Tracks, and then subsequently um, there was T Daily. So T Daily was a platform to help fellow designers from around the world provide them the T shirt as a canvas yeah. and then help their art form be known in other parts of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really a platform for up-and-coming artists to get their work out there known and then get paid for it. At the same time on the site, we gave part of our proceeds to charity. Um, and then there's LifeStack. So LifeStack is a tool to help people transform their lives, right? So if you notice the consistent theme across all the ventures here is building a, a platform to enable others to do something better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to either monetize better mm-hmm. or grow their um, um you know, arbitrage their talent better uh, and so on and so forth. So so I guess that has always been my, 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 my calling. Um, I, when, I, when I look back, whenever I have the time to look back, I realise that every single piece of venture or product that we build is to give an opportunity to others to, to build something out of what they're really good at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so same goes with um, Outpost right now. It's to empower the street food vendors or even uh, aspiring food business owners mm-hmm. um, by pairing them with up-and-coming food brands, right? Um, so it's building an entire equitable ecosystem for food micro food businesses to to, to thrive. Uh, so I guess that's that's been my natural calling. So everything that I do tends to have that signature mm, to it la, that, yeah. that DNA to it of trying to empower others.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, like I feel I feel I think what I hear from your story is that being able to connect with. Um, that theme, um, that purpose of, you know, wanting to give back and it seems to be something that's consistent in, you know, almost all the things that you do, right? That seems to be that driving force for you to do what you do, right? And, you know, I was just thinking about um, the people today who are, you know, currently in their jobs, you know, like finding um, their their career path, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of them, they want to succeed Mm -hmm. in life, but most times they feel kind of lost, right? So what do you think would be those important critical qualities individuals should actually possess in order to stay, you know, to have that consistency, in order to be successful Mm -hmm. in their own careers?
2: When you're trying to build your team, Mm-hmm. Like for example, for outposts, what what key qualities do you look for in this kind of individuals?
0: Okay, um, oh skill skill sets k- sure, is sure, sure, one sure. set
2: one thing, but you know other
0: qualities. Yeah, so either skill sets or attributes or mm. um, characteristics of mm. oneself or the people that you want to work with, right? Yeah. Um, I think first of all we gotta recognize that at least a couple of qualifications. One is I don't think I'm anywhere close to a success story just yet. I'm very much work in progress. If anything, I think I'm still 0.1 into the journey. So humble, um, I know. <laughs> but I think the other folks who I think who are much more even successful than whatever the barometer of success is, most of these folks would say, you know, they're still work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's something we need to 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 realize is that the continuous betterment of oneself or continuous quest for this ever-elusive quest for perfection, right? I think that's, that's one of the... Uh, uh, and so, and, and success is also, I suppose, a, something that you don't necessarily plan for. It's something that uh, comes out as a byproduct of having tried many, many times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so perseverance is key. Um, now, what are the traits I think is might be helpful? Um, there are certainly a lot of them, and it's a whole. It's not just the individual traits, but the sum of these various traits and and, and how you uh, deploy it. Mm. Um, certainly, being somewhat inquisitive, I think is is key, right? Trying to figure out what is the root of the problem. You know, what is putting a, uh, having empathy, right? Being mm. able to put yourself in someone else's shoe, especially mm. those that you're trying to problem solve for. Um, being genuinely interested and inquisitive towards that particular problem Mm -hmm. right so let's say even if you have a a job right now it's not just about how do I be successful at my job right or how do I perform my, my, my job well but what is that bigger picture right it's got to be a blend of micro and macro, right? Mm. Micro is, of course, you got to do your tasks and your, you know, job description, your your, job scope. yeah, job scope, right? Well, right, mm. the, the tasks, your day-to-day things, but you also got to be aligned in terms of what is this bro- broader um, situation that we're trying to solve, right? Who are the real beneficiaries of what we do? How do we uh, impact them, right? Who do we impact? So building, having an understanding of that, I think, can help drive everyone. So that's something that I do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. I try and remind our team because everyone will be. Laser focus on what they're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's easy to lose track of what is that bigger picture. So I think as a job of a founder or a CEO, I think one is really trying to um, ingrain the the vision and mission of what we're working on mm-hmm. into you know our day mm-hmm. um, daily tasks, right? Um, as for the folks themselves, uh, I think we we when you work in a in a startup environment, it's all about culture, right? And normally in the early days, the culture of the company is reflective of the characteristics and traits of the founder, right? Mm. Uh, So no two startups will be the same, no two startups will have a similar culture. We might broadly call it the startup culture uh, and (laughs) there's many, you know, uh, articles about it, um, like fail fast, you know, um, and and fail forward and and Mm. so on and so forth. Um, But a lot of it is also going to be reflective of yourself as a founder. So as a founder, I think it's key to take time out, not just to strategize about the business, but really understand why you're doing what you're doing. And then try, and along the way, when you are crystal clear about this, folks who resonate with that mission will join you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've managed to hire folks um, for for much less than what they're probably worth in, in the market rate, but because they also believe in what we're trying to build, mm. like, I don't mind joining you for this um, haircut rate, right? Because... I can relate to this mission. I can empathize with who we're problem solving for, um, and I want to be part of that journey. If along the way we become a unicorn, great, right? But mm. at the minimum, if you can Im- impact a few lives along the way and make this product, you know, launch and happen, mm. that's 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 um, that's already an achievement in itself. Mm. So if you, you attract those people that are aligned to your to your mission and vision, and then mm. the second part is, of course, you got to get folks who are, are somewhat specialists in those in those roles, right? Um, and then those who don't mind rolling up their sleeves and being flexible and adaptable in in going beyond their comfort zone, right? Um, For example, we may have someone on the team that is um, doing, let's say, um, UI, UX design, right? Mm -hmm. But, I do get the UI UX person involved in business development purpose right because if you're gonna design for a product you're gonna you know design for a presentation kit but if you don't know what exactly we're trying to solve mm-hmm. then you know if I don't involve them in that then the product won't turn out what it would be right so uh, and and they' they're fine with it like this is beyond my job scope probably beyond my comfort zone mm-hmm. but like okay I get to learn along the way as well so sort of the attitude
2: I look for. of uh, being adaptive being open to learning something yep. new trying something new not limiting yourself to just oh my job score only says this so I think I'm just gonna (laughs) do this one thing yeah Yeah, I think that's very important especially for the future economy where things are changing very rapidly like you can't just say I want to do one thing I think um, we need to be open enough to try a few things and it's okay to not be successful in the other areas, but at least you tried and at least you're exploring. And maybe along the way, you'll discover something about yourself that you never knew you had, like a an interest or a skill or a passion in that area, right? So yeah, very interesting. So if you take a trip down memory lane to reflect on your journey, what would be some of the contributing factors of your success? Again, I know you said not a success yet, but <laughs> to me, success is... As how um, I don't know if I should quote him, but Winston Churchill said, <laughs> "It's from one failure to another without losing enthusiasm," mm. or something along those lines, paraphrasing. Mm. Um, so, what if you take down his, his You know, looking away, deep in thought right yeah. now because I told him to take <laughs> down a trip um, down memory lane. Seven seconds of my life, entire life, just <laughs> flashed in front of <laughs> me. What like, would you think are some of the contributing <laughs> factors of uh, of that?
0: Um, I may have mentioned this before, but uh, being genuinely inquisitive mm-hmm. and you know interested um, why do you think that's so important though I'm not saying be like k like that's yeah. a different thing right As some folks being curious to, uh. yeah but being mm-hmm. genuinely uh, curious right um, and and asking why a few times right you don't mm-hmm. just take things at, at face value right? and other things also not taking no like I I have I don't know when someone tells me no to something, the more you want to do it, the more I want to try and do it. Like you know, it's challenge accepted, right? Yeah. I like, mean, mm-hmm. cannot like there, got to be a way, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Um, it, it, that's the thing like there, there gotta be a way to 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 solve it. it sounds right? it sounds a bit like
2: you know stubbornness is part yeah. of it, isn't yeah. it. yeah.
0: so this is what I shared with someone uh, the other day right like in terms of the vision and the mission, mm-hmm. that part you got to be absolutely stubborn, right That has to be fixed. that doesn't change. Once you figure that out, that sticks throughout. Mm-hmm. But then you still have to be flexible and um, uh, with the with with how you go about doing it, right. So mm-hmm. the approach um, the, the the tactics, the strategy that you have to be flexible right you mm-hmm. need to be adaptive iterative with how you problem solve you know uh, change or do micro pivots and all that sort of stuff but when it comes to that to that we're going to solve for this and and um for this mission that part is not uh, negotiable right once mm-hmm. you figure that once you figure that out that's not negotiable right mm-hmm. how you go about achieving it that can be uh, you can be a bit more flexible with your approach um so 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 that's one aspect, right? Um, being stubborn, but stubborn in the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is, um, I think I've, I've been guilty of this as well, but not giving up too early, right? Um, look, every one of those ventures that I mentioned earlier, whether it's digital music or some online T-shirt thing, or, you know, um, productivity tool, I can name you a company out there that's already a billion-dollar version of those mm. ideas and concept, right? For mm. example, you know, we have Spotify, right? You know, mm. so technically speaking, I started Spotify before Spotify was <laughs> a thing, right? Uh, so Jalilas was a full-stack food delivery thing. Today, Cloud Kitchens is a thing. Mm. That's like a version of Cloud Kitchens and food delivery before there was your Uber Eats and Deliveroo's and your, you know, of, mm. of the world, right? Yeah. Um... T-shirt printing, right? So there's a company called Teespring, Y Community company. Well, probably worth uh, on paper at least a, a billion, right? Um, are you saying that you quit too soon on all of those things? Um, yeah, really. So I think that's the problem. But that how have, do right? you know though? When when is the right time to quit or when? Yeah. Too soon. So. So for me, when I was younger, and ten, naturally, when you're younger, you tend to be a bit more. I don't know, mercurial or a bit more Tatsaba or Inpatient whatever it is, I mean. right? Impatient, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, or distracted by shiny objects, for example. Sure. So distraction happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so earlier in your career, you know, these kind of things will come in your way, and and um, or you might feel disappointed, uh, you know, lack of confidence, etc. Mm-hmm. And you might call it quits, right? You might want to explore the go back to the safer path. Don't mm-hmm. forget, there is also social societal pressure, right? Like yeah. going back to the safer path, right? Um, uh, but you know, if we had persevered, then perhaps uh, if you go through over that harm, then perhaps, you know, it could have had a different uh, impact or or, uh, outcome, right? Um, So so that's one. Uh, I think perseverance is key. Um, So that's a reminder for myself right now as well, right? Um, But to your point as to knowing when to quit, right? Um, So there's several factors why you, Probably should like s- is drop your losing venture. is
2: losing passion one of them.
0: So someone told me that um, passion is a good way to start, but you can't feed on passion, mm. right? So you needs to either derive revenue, profits, mm. or you know you gotta yeah. uh, figure a way to finance your passion, right? <laughs> um, and if you're building a venture backed company, then that company needs to be fundable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, even if it's not profit generating at the, at the start. So so yeah, over time, if you don't see progress, you know, either n- no users or no sales, then, then your passion will run dry real quick, right? Um, but this is where you probably need to look at micro or tiny victories. Mm. Mm. I call them tiny victories. In a big scheme of things, you may be like still 99% away from your desired end goal that you want to have, right? But along the way, if you can see, these are tiny successes we had. Oh, we built this picture. Oh, we've launched this, you know. Uh, someone actually signed up to this one particular thing, right? If someone started using it and you can see that impact. Then you should celebrate that, right? Otherwise, mm. there's a thousand and one things that would go wrong in an early stage venture and you very quickly feel um, dejected. Yeah. But when you try... Especially together with your team, um, try and celebrate these tiny victories. It'll help you uh, continue and go on. I'm not sure that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. was a point Thank that you I missed. So I
2: know. Miss. I, I, I mean, I've known you for quite some time. I feel a bit different about Outpost, though. So I really like the pitch. I I watch all the, the videos that you share. Thanks. I feel like this has huge potential. You know, so I I I want to see this um, be a success during my lifetime. Check yeah. up, <laughs> But I really feel like this is. Good, and especially with the times right now—the times where everybody's struggling, you know, to survive—and yep. if this is a great opportunity that they can use, not just for themselves but for their family, I think it's a wonderful um, contribution. To the emerging markets like you said you know I'm very fond of Indonesia for example I go there a lot for work business Mm. and I see that all of these cards are all around the place right everywhere every corner like I went to the smallest lorongs just to pass through to get to another location and I'm like there are like a few there you know like there's so many of them it's very privileged Um, and I just hope that there's some some way to make it more systematic and for them to be able to sustain uh, themselves, you know, it's not a sustained business, sustaining themselves, which mm. is so important in that part of the world. So yeah, I think, you know, outpost is going to be big. <laughs> Inshallah, <do> I can. <laughs> okay, so um, what permanent changes have you observed that were brought about by the pandemic in the current market, you know, reflecting on the learnings from the challenges you faced mm. in the past, how would you apply them to the challenges of the present time?
0: Yeah, so COVID nineteen uh, for all the um, negative impact that it's got. Did right? you sorry? Did you start Outpost in twenty nineteen? I actually started Outpost in twenty nineteen, just before the COVID. Just over, hit. Yeah, yeah okay. just before uh, the pandemic <laughs> went full force, and I actually flew back from Jakarta to Singapore. And arrive Singapore two hours before the stay home notice thing kicked in. Um, <laughs> I arrived on Sunday. <laughs> Adrenaline rush. A, a buddy of mine messaged me <laughs> with a screenshot of Channel News Asia. Bro, I think we both gotta go back by two, three, five, nine tomorrow. <laughs> Minds off at National Day, right? Uh, national Service rather. Um, otherwise, we gotta be locked up at home for two weeks. So, mm. immediately rearrange all the schedule, pack all the meet- four days worth of meeting into like four hours on Monday, and take the seven o'clock flight back, and arrive Singapore around nine, ten o'clock. So, yeah, that was the last time. <laughs> uh you know i was in uh, jakarta right mm. um but as i was saying earlier um the pandemic has also the way i look at it it's it's what it's basically the world's largest digital accelerator mm. true yeah. <laughs> very true <laughs> um, uh, you know so we, we we know all these small like accelerators and incubator programs and whatnot right um but covid 19 <laughs> is in itself one <laughs> digital global digital accelerator program. Um, if in the past there was any resistance towards digitising or going digital um, now, you know, those resistance have been mm. completely taken yeah. you know, uh, off, right, it's, uh, and people it's, it's accelerated the whole process, if something were perhaps due for regulatory reasons or whatever, 50-50, might take 5 years for the rules to change things happen almost mm. within overnight or a yeah. week or a few months, right <coughs> so, so, so that's one of the <coughs> long term uh, impact, right we're all forced to be um, digital natives uh, mm-hmm. uh, immediately. Um, that said, I, I know that there's also an economic um, impact mm-hmm. uh, to it, but now it and people might be uh, stressed out, but worried about their jobs or worried about um, their roles, and people might even realize that you know the iron rice bowl is that what you say yeah. right right. Um, maybe it's not so iron after all, right? (laughs) It's got to be fortified further with iron, I suppose. (laughs) Um, So, it means people now have the opportunity to look at, okay, are there ways that I could stand on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Or some of these problems that comes up, actually, if you look at it from a different perspective, there are also opportunities, right? Uh, so, it, I think one of the VC companies, um, Sequoia, um, sent out a note to all the uh, founders, right? This is a black swan moment, right? Mm. While yes, there are certain threats that you have to deal with, but there are also certain opportunities that can accelerate mm. the growth of some ventures, others mm. that able to adapt and... And tweak their business accordingly, might be able to ride this 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 wave as well. Mm-hmm. So many of us will look at it as doom and gloom, but if you put on a different lens and ask yourself, where are these problem or the pain points? They may be opportunities here, and those are the ones that, how do I, turn these pain points into opportunities? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so in fact, a lot of ventures actually started out during times of um, yeah. financial crisis. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you rewind clock back until even like, what, the the world war? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, that was a time when jet engine was probably put to practice, right? Eventually became, you know, commercial uh, flights, right? Um, Your Airbnbs and Ubers of the world were also started around that 2008 uh, financial crisis uh, where people yearned the ability to be more um, independent, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole gig economy and and, and such. Um, So... Now you're looking at the rise of you know those who are running your food delivery companies and and so on f and if they're able to reinvent their business and leverage on the likes of your virtual brands, cloud kitchens and and and, and the likes, mm-hmm. then they would be riding this 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 wave as well, right? So um, certainly going digital is one thing that's is to stay here. That's like a given, really. Right. Mm-hmm. In the past, we tend to talk more about it, but now it's definitely a mainstay. Another is certainly shaping the way that how we we work, right? Um, So for me personally, I don't feel this much of a difference because even before um, the pandemic, I used to be like a semi-digital nomad, right? I mean, for us, all digital, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call myself a digital native, but if you're in the tech world working remotely, you know, I literally did the whole Bali thing a month, you know, brought the team there. We work remotely off-site, get stuff done. doesn't matter whether you work you know, in the office, on your bed, or by the seaside, it doesn't matter to us. So so the whole concept of remote work is, is quite natural for us. But now that's like a mainstay, a staple, right? Like yeah. people who are like iffy about it have no choice to do it. And what we've realised is that we can actually be untethered away from the office and still be... And then there's always this question, would a person not be working in a work work environment be efficient? Now that um, thesis has been debunked, right? Mm. Uh, that, that worry has been uh, invalidated. So um, you still can be as... Um, productive um, as you were before, and even uh, in the work environment, right? Uh, if if you, even if you work from home, there are its own set of challenges. But again, that's about adapting and um, you know figuring out ways to. Um, work out the, the, the negative points la, right? Yeah. Um so if you're someone out there looking for an idea, I think everyone's going, you know, work from home or working remotely. Um it's certainly not a foolproof system just yet. So um look at how you could potentially um enhance that experience, right? I'm sure there's a number of billion dollar uh, startup ideas in there in itself. So
1: yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities actually out there, you know, amidst the challenges that we go through, there are opportunities as long as I think we give ourselves that permission to be able to really look through um, I think all the the roadblocks and the setbacks. I think beyond that, if you're able to kind of go through that hurdle, you are able to see a lot more than just setbacks, right? And I think what I, you know, hear from you is having that mindset um, of being someone who is adaptive, you know, having a growth mindset. I think that is really, really important, especially when you're going through, you know, something um, that is unprecedented, mm-hmm. something that you've never, you know, even could even think would even happen in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, you know, for those people out there who, you um, you know, feeling stuck in their careers right mm. now, you know, going through, you know, challenges. Maybe you're not really happy in where you are today and you want to be able to seek Something different, new opportunities out there. Sure. I would say, you know, go for that, right? Don't limit yourself to just opportunities within your own industry, but look out at what is beyond, you know, you know, the, your own industry. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that you can, you know, tap on it is the career conversion program by Workforce Singapore, right? So, um, what this does is that it helps you to actually reskill, you know, n- and develop new capabilities to take on jobs in. The those growth sectors or redesigned job roles. So you will also be able to get salary support and cost fee subsidies um, while you're actually undergoing the career conversion program. So there are actually more than 100 career conversion programs that are available for you to actually choose from. That is actually quite a bit. right? So to be eligible, you need to be a Singaporean or permanent resident age 21 and above who have met the employers or cost-specific selection criteria for each program and you must not have had any prior experience in the new industry that you want to go into. So, find out more at conversion.mycareersfuture.gov.sg. So, I would highly recommend for you to check out this program, Career Conversion Program.
2: Yes, definitely. Okay. So, Sharif, back to you. Um, from the period you started your entrepreneurship journey, which was like, what, um, 12 months ago? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, till today, what are some of the stock changes you've noticed um, in uh, in the world, in the economy. How have those changes uh, disrupted the market that we see today? And how would these trends also be applicable for individuals who are
0: looking for jobs at this very moment? Well, uh, trends. Um, I think there's this there's, there's one is obviously... Um, as I mentioned earlier going digital but but what do we mean by really uh-huh. going digital right um, there's there's a difference between digitising and being natively digital right mm-hmm. like you know the CD is becoming MP3s that's digitising stuff right mm-hmm. papers becoming PDFs that's digitising but I think going full on digital um, has it's, it, 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 it's a blend of using the piece of technology that can digitise stuff but you need to add in that innovation process right yeah um, so <sighs> So I, I might have mentioned earlier about being a problem solver, being you know uh, genuinely interested in, 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 in problems and being empathetical and all that uh, having empathy. Uh, but there's a whole subject around around this, right? Um, so for example, when I said you get to build something digitally native, you got to blend digitization, i.e. the technology with uh, innovation uh, processes. Um, you should look at, you know, concepts like uh, human-centred design, you know, design thinking or design sprint. They come in all shapes and sizes and uh, names. But um, essentially, it's a framework for you to look at problems and try and solve it in a certain way, in a a guided um, uh, approach, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think regardless of whatever role or job you have right now, you need to have this sort of non-specialist broad General theme here around innovation, right? Because those practices can be applied to what you're doing uh, in in an analog uh, space. So I want to touch upon a bit earlier about that program earlier. Let's segue mm. with a bit from that point. Um, I know we're talking about future ready, right? But what future, right? Like mm. we got to be ready all the time. How right? far away yeah, is the future? Exactly. <laughs> um, so. Some might, you know, worry or be, like, "Dear, in a headlight moment, like, oh my word, like, I have to go and do something out of my comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. My current job is affected. Like, yeah. I'm used in, you know, maybe the whole analog world. Look, I, I, people I, get anxious, you know? Yeah, people this. get anxious. And, and if anything, I had a pre-qualification earlier that said that, you know, I'm not a full-on digital native, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, our generation is like a blend of digital, analog, and then we had yeah, to do we things digital. Between. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're in between. But that's a plus point. And True. Because... We got a taste of both. If yeah, we get a taste of both, uh, and we need to re- uh, recognize that, and give ourselves credit that whatever analog experience that we've had in the past still counts for today. Right? Mm. If you want to be someone that needs to invent something for the future, yes, we need to use you know trends or um, uh, in the in stuff like you know uh, big data, AI, machine learning, um, uh, digital innovation, and so on and so forth. But you still need to have some form of understanding as to how the real analogue world operates, right? Yeah. Without building, uh, having first-hand experience or being able to empathise with that um, digital or analogue world, then it's kind of hard for you to innovate and build a digital, pure digital experience yeah, uh, for that. So I think there's, for those of you all who, who feel like your current industry has been disrupted, like fret not, the experience that you had prior to this still counts for something. Um, some of us who are much who are definitely digital natives um, who live and breathe the digital world day-to-day um, actually would be better off working together with you, right? Um, to think about something new. So even r- right now when we're building, you know, tech products to modernize um, a, um, you know, somewhat um, historic industry, right? Um, we still find value in recruiting folks who had experience um, in in. In, in that um, mm-hmm. era right yeah. uh, because the kind of insights um, and uh, you know knowledge that they can share with us on the ground experience without that we cannot form the right solution uh, yeah. uh, yep. that is applicable to to the folks on the ground right if anything yeah. we might be out of touch if you go full on uh, digital so so don't um, i think uh, don't,
1: don't totally like discount yeah don't totally right? discount like
0: <laughs> sure you know embrace be curious about future way of doing things, right? From the methodologies right through the the practical side of things. Uh, Embrace all these digital tools that you have to use but also celebrate your history, your past, right? Uh, Connect back to the dots of where your roots are uh, because those experiences are going to be helpful uh, when you work with the pure, pure digital natives to build out something new.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good advice because I think it can one can feel really demoralized, very mm. demotivated, especially when they see, you know, their industry going obsolete, right. right? For example, the print industry. And you could see, like, you know, a lot of people, they were retrenched. Sure. And a lot just felt really lost on what they can then do with their current skills because mm. the industry... It's, it's moving a different direction, mm. right? It's not aligned to what they have today. Yep. And I feel that I think just taking that time to realise, and again, you know, your point of celebrating those yep. victories, the past successes, yep. past victories, I feel that that will really help to put the person in a better position to be able to, again, you know, look for opportunities instead of just dwelling on, you know, oh, this is me right now mm. and I don't have the skills and I'm just stuck in life.
0: Mm. But having said that, sometimes you need to acknowledge that feeling that you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's face it, I myself sometimes feel down for whatever reason, right? Um, oh, you mean you're human? Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have my, you know, <laughs> folks and mentors who call up and say, I, I need help, right? Yeah. Uh, I think... The reality of it is as much as you want to tell people, look forward, look forward, you know, jangan pandang belakang and mm. just go ahead and yeah. transform yourself, redesign, blah, 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 and all that. Um, but the reality of it is when you're home alone and you realise that you're, the thing that you know is disrupted or is yeah. gone, it's going to change forever, you will feel as such. And it's yeah. only right to acknowledge that feeling. And if you need yeah. help, reach out to folks around you. Um, You'll be amazed, you know, the never mind if there's any official channels to reach out to, but just the people around you, right? Your mm-hmm. friends and all that. Um, go and say, can we have a kopi? If, if anything, I just had a, my own kopi session just um, two nights ago with my uh, mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Like I felt burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. I needed um, help and, and you reach out. But that reaching out, acknowledging that you're feeling such and then reaching out to people, that's something you have to do yourself, right? Mm. Um, and of course, those around you, if they notice something's amazing, something's off about this person, then of course, reach out to that person. But um, the... The process of reaching out, I feel the onus is on oneself to go and reach out. Yeah. Uh, and once you acknowledge that, you talk that through. And then, like I said, don't discount your past history. You're not starting from zero. You're mm-hmm. starting from okay. seventies, yeah. But you got to then apply it to something uh-huh. else, right? Yeah. And then find people who appreciate where you come from. I think that's yeah. also key, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that's um, yeah. um, helpful.
1: I think it's a really good point, you know, especially for the people out there. If you feel like you need that guidance, you mm-hmm. need someone to talk to, then don't feel afraid. Don't see yourself as someone who is weak for mm. needing that guidance, that someone to I talk think it's to.
2: It's the total opposite. It's not weakness, it's strength. It's to be strength. able to reach out and admit that yeah. you're yeah. going through a tough time. Yeah, I, I think
1: people are just so used to hearing that if you reach out, that means you're weak, you're not strong enough, right? And Mm. I think there is still that stigma in the society out there which hinders a lot of people to actually you know, take that step to get the help that they need, mm-hmm. right? And I feel that, you know, for the career aspect, you know, there there are those career advisors out there who are able to connect with you and to help you as well. So, you know, one of the things that they could tap on is the initiative by Work for Singapore, the career advisory and guidance. So what this does is that, you know, regardless of what stage or phase in your, your your career journey you are right now, you know, if you are unsure of how to move forward, if you are feeling very stuck, then reach out to the Workforce Singapore's Career Connect for career advisory and guidance, right? So this is where you're able to receive job search tips, career advice, you're able to connect with them, you know, share with them what's on your mind, right? Don't allow yourself to just sit with those worries and, you know, go through it alone. You don't have to go through it alone. So you can actually find out more about even like, you know, what are the programs available for you to tap on, right? What are the resources that you can tap on for your career development? So, the Workforce Singapore's Careers Connect, they are located at you Nopileba, know, labor Tempanese and Woodlands. Alternatively, you could also visit the SG United Jobs and Skills centres located across 24 HDB towns, right? So, find out more at www.sgunitedjobsandskills.sg. www.sgunitedjobsandskills.sg. All right. <laughs>
2: So, Sharif, if you had a time machine, oh, jing jing, jing, <laughs> to bring you all the way back to when you first started this whole journey. Is this time machine reusable or one use only? No, one use only. <laughs> <Hi>. One time. <laughs> See, he's very curious, right? Inquisitive. So he's proving it. What would you like to do differently?
0: And what would you like to tell your future self? Probably come back and change your answer, what I'm about to say. But, um, <laughs> What would I tell my future self? Mm-hmm.
1: And what would you tell your past self as well? Past and so kn- future. Right.
0: So I know the cliche thing to say is, you know, I wouldn't go back in time and change anything, right? <laughs> but I'm going to be a bit contrarian right now mm-hmm. and say that I would go back to my earlier self and say, hey, whatever it is that you you, you were doing, give it a bit more time, right? Mm. Give it a bit more time. right? Nice. Don't be too quick to um, change or switch around and all that. But having said that, I will say the cliche thing Mm -hmm. and that is I probably wouldn't change a thing Mm -hmm. because (laughs) those things that I did in the past, even if they didn't work out, right, they were the tiny Lego blocks Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm able to draw upon experience, maybe wisdom even, if I can say that, um, to allow me to think in a certain way that I think right now and approach problems in a certain way that I do right now, right, those are first-hand experience. They were painful moments when you go through when you um, mess up uh, a venture or a project, right, Um, you lose not just financial resource, you know, you just don't burn money. Sometimes you burn relationships. Sometimes you burn, um, you know, probably a few years in your in your biological <laughs> uh, cycle, maybe, right? Um, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I feel a lot older than, than what my age is right now. My <laughs> biological age might be a lot older than now because of all the stress. But um, I think all that, again, uh, to the point I mentioned earlier, let's not discount the past, right? Um, I think all of them, all of those are formative experience or years of formative blocks to to, to strengthen, hopefully, what you can do uh, right now, right? Um, so, yeah, um, I'll go back and say, tell myself, spend a bit more time, don't give up too fast, but then at the same time, it's okay, right? Um, you know, we, we often look at failures and we try and hide them and all that, but I think... Yeah. So, a, a little lesser-known fact about me, when I was younger, I was in the national shooting team. So, mm. uh, my job was to look at I never knew that. targets and just try and hit the <laughs> cool. bullseye every single time. <laughs> when you're trying to aim for a full stop that is 10, 20, metres away, it's kind of hard to do it 60 times repetitively and get it perfect, right? So, naturally, you know, you fail a lot of times. But I remember the sports psychologist told me that, look, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Mm. If you're not hitting your target, it means something is off somewhere yeah. and you just work on something that's off somewhere, right? Mm. If anything, you've known one reason why, what not to do, yeah. right? So, um, I can't remember um, the chap who men- invented the light. I'm blanking out right now. Not Edison Cavani. That's a footballer. Um, sorry, what? <laughs> Thomas Edison, is it? The, the yes, the light. <laughs> yes, yes. Not Edison Cavani. Sorry, sorry. That's a footballer. He's purposely uh, <laughs> mentioning a Manchester United <laughs> player's name um, <laughs> yeah, in um, my presence. Well, so, yeah. Um, so, you say I think he did in Tested out like a whole bunch of different, uh, I you know things before I figured out the filament, right? So he didn't um, fail ten thousand times. He just figured out ten thousand things that didn't work. Um, so, so I think learning that early on in in my career and my life um, certainly gave a different viewpoint or, or lens towards uh, failure, right? Mm-hmm. If something doesn't work out, just means this is not the right thing. Mm-hmm. Dust yourself off and move on and try the next thing, right? Whether the next thing is a different approach to solving this particular problem yeah. or just solving a whole other problem altogether, right? Um, or being on a whole new other adventure altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, the principle, the same principle uh, applies, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's basically my time travel. See, I told you I'll probably use that time travel to come back and change his answer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Past
1: Sharif and future Sharif will be very proud of present Sharif.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Like I said earlier, I think it's not just about being future ready, it's about being always ready, Mm. right? So what I mean by that is being um, uh, adaptive, adaptable, right? Uh, Being flexible. Um, Again, find that one mission be stubborn about that right? yeah. and believe in your principles and stick to it but how you approach it um, have be adaptive with your, your approach right um, and yeah again don't discount your your, your past right um, if you're down feel free to approach um, those around you um, take some time out that I think is important as well Yeah. Um, and then come back with a fresh mind fresh view on things and um, life goes on
1: yeah, nicely summarised.
2: Cool. Nice. So I'm really happy to be able to catch up with you again, man.
1: Likewise. Um, <laughs> yeah. But
2: probably
0: we'll have Kopi one of these days as yes, well. Yes, we should. Yep. Not uh, the weekends because there's football matches. Hey, Man you
2: Liverpool is happening soon, you know?
0: I, I know. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll invite you over, but i probably, mm. once you arrive, I'll lock the door and not let <laughs> you in. <so>. See, see, <laughs> this kind of friend. It's over the weekends. We, we have Panthers <laughs> only over the weekends <laughs> and championship <laughs> nights, but yeah.
2: Yeah, thank you, and I wish you the very best in Outposts and any other thing that you're working on right now. Thank and, you, and um, yeah, I, I want to meet your your
0: baby girl as well. Sure, come over during the Liverpool game. (laughs) Uh, I promise not to lock them (laughs) (laughs) down. I'm saying it on the show right now. (laughs) Okay,
2: Okay, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the Good Life Podcast. Uh, We're on Spotify and we're also on Instagram. Follow us for more content. Um, You know, we love putting out content that would help you get through the difficult times and difficult days. And if you love what you hear, please share them around with your friends and your followers on social media. We'd very much appreciate it. And for those of you who took took the time to actually write a review for us uh, on iTunes or anywhere else, man, that means the world please um, continue to do that for free. <coughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But thank you also to Work for Singapore. Work for Singapore, you can visit their website at www.wsg.gov.sg. You can also call them at your hotline at 6883 That's
1: 6883-5885. Yeah, thank you so much Work for Singapore for sponsoring this episode and thank you so much, dear one, for listening all the way through. You know, we hope you had a lot of takeaways wrote down a lot of stuff you know, feel free to share with us we always do re- you know, love reading each and every one of those so we can't wait for you to listen into the next episode in the meantime be bold be beautiful and stay the amazing you that you are take care Leon. bye bye